Maybe we got off on the wrong foot. How about I sweeten the deal? If you give my gold back and return my son unharmed, you can work for me. And I don't mean manual labor, I mean a real job. DC's Black Label Rogues. Written by Joshua Williamson. Art by Leo Max. In the beginning, there was nothing. Then there were comic books. Once you enter our world, there is no escape. Comic exposure begins in 3, 2, 1. <laughs> Welcome to the Comic Exposure Podcast. My name is Josh, and with me as always is my washed up supervillain. The one. The only. Ah, nice to meet you. Travis Rats here. Uh, that's right. Travis that's in a realm, right? And no, it's, it per- works perfectly. Kind of. Uh, <laughs> we are, uh, welcome to the show. Uh, this is Comic Exposure, where Travis and I dive deep into graphic novels or trades, or we talk about what's going on in the world of nerddom and movies and TV and stuff like that. But you, my friends, are on a comic book club episode. Woo-hoo! And Travis and I are reading the DC Black Label book, Rogues. Uh Joshua Williamson is the writer. Leo Max is the artist. Um, some additional pencils by Luca Finelli, Adriano Tertulizzi, Danielle Miano, and Federico Tardino. Tardino, I think so. Matthew, Matthias Lopes, and Jason Wordy are your colorist. Hassan Atsmani Elahu is the letterer. These are just not great. Uh, and then some of the cover art is by Sam Wolf Connolly. So lots and lots of people on this book uh, that we are reading. But Travis, you know, to the bottom of that, they have Superman, Superman created by uh, Jerry Siegel yeah. and Joe Schuster. But Superman wasn't in this book. He's like one brief. I think he's in like one quick picture of him, isn't he? Oh, is he? I must have missed I, that. I think he's like. There's like a can't like not he's not like it's like a flashback or something like that that he's in there okay. or there's some some villains of Superman that might be it that might be it too yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 so we are reading Rogues which is a DC black label and we've talked about it a million times I am pretty yes. much in love with this concept send your emails Rogue. care of Josh Buckley at Josh yeah. Buckley at Arizona yeah, I cannot. What the? My headphones are so it's, it's, tangled. I so as he's untangling them, I'm watching Josh yeah. like like Chinese finger cuffs, trying to figure out how to separate. <laughs> he's still doing it. He's he's trying to make it work. Unravel AirPods, and we did it. Ah, a, her, a Herculean task. It happened. It happened. Oh, do you, right. think, you know what? That's more like, uh, 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 you know, what? I, I think we're going to be talking a lot about this character. I'm going to throw this out there. Gorilla iPod. Gorilla iPod. That's Gorilla good. Gorilla iGrod, maybe. Gorilla and iGrod. iGrod is the app you use when you're in Gorilla City. Mm-hmm. 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 All right. So it's like uh, you get all the fav- nice hot spots to go to. You can pay for your parking. Yeah. Um, all right from the I'm iPod. telling you guys, yeah. this app is bananas. You got to get it. <laughs> You're going to go ape when you see it. Uh, so we're re- we read Rogues, 
And I'm really curious, Travis, like we've, we've been touching DC black label every couple books. We go back to DC black label. Are you, sir, getting tired? Yeah, yeah, I kind of am, Josh. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, I, in, a, in a little bit of sense, I think we'll talk about this. Not, I, I enjoyed this book, but yeah. it was, if it, 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 it's starting to feel like now all these DC label, uh, these DC black label books yeah. are one long omnibus. You know, before it felt like, okay, we're now we're in this world, now we're in this world. But it feels like there's so much they have in common as far as the mm-hmm. style and also the plots and things they're telling that it feels almost like one ongoing series as opposed to a label. Do you know what I'm saying? Which is yeah, which I, is great if you if you're. But I think I, I almost hate to start talking about black label books as a label and more like it just feels like an ongoing series. Right. And, it, and let's let's talk about so we read Rogues and let's let's get into that sort of similarity in a second. Before we get there, let's just do a brief kind of recap of, mm-hmm. of what this book is about. So this book is in uh, it's in the future, not post-apocalyptic, but it is sort of future old man rogues. Right. Instead of old man Logan, we get old man uh, Captain Cole. Mm-hmm. So we're really dealing with Flash's rogues gallery and this one right so a lot of flash supervillains, yeah. uh, a little bit of batman supervillain in there but uh uh see glossary for catwoman uh black label yes yeah <laughs> so we're dealing we're dealing with these sort of old-timey characters right they're old now and we're seeing where are they at and it's really about leonard snart uh captain cold is washed up He's been, he's got like the ankle brace on. They come and check on him, right? He's he's been arrested. You know what he's reminded me of? Working at a it, factory. Yeah, it, it reminds me. Hi, my name is Snart, and I work in a factory. One day, my boss came to me. Remember that song? Hey yeah. Joe, are yeah, you busy? Yeah. <laughs> so so he's 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 working at the factory, and it starts off with this cold open of ten years earlier when he's nice in fun. a bar. He's in the bar, and he like hears about grod having this giant gold mine Mm -hmm. so 10 years later he's washed up he's not criming he's not doing any of that and this opportunity not to have it be at that famous bar that superman villains always go to with what's his name is the bartender from uh oh yeah yeah, yeah. superman yeah um so yes but it has to be in central it's got to be in central city right oh correct yes and we'll talk about that yep so he is in this bar. He is, then it flashes forward where he's like, okay, he's washed up, super villain. He's bald, right? He's kind of a down on his luck guy, and he says, "I'm gonna get the crew back together for one last score, and then I'm gonna go, and we're done. This is it. This is the one. Instead of a life of crime, we're gonna do this big one, and then we're out." And so, the and it is, is big, baby. It is it a is big score. He's he's going to get every old friends of his, the trickster, his sister, the mirror uh, master, mirror master, tiger. Yeah, we've got the firebug guy. What's his name? Firefly. No, I don't know that one. I I can't remember his name. Firefly might be right. Uh, Firebug. One second. Something like that. I can't. I got you. Fire Moth. I don't know. So anyways, he gets all these characters together and their goal is to it is a heist story. They go to Central, they go to Gorilla Grodd, they go to, what's, why can't, I just looked at the name of the stupid city. Gorilla City. Uh, Gorilla they go to Gorilla City. <laughs> it's, it's very simple, Josh, Gorilla City. They go to Gorilla City to break in, 
and their plan does not go off as they hoped. Oh, conflict, conflict, conflict. We need it to tell a story, Josh. You do. And well, any like any good heist movie, it either goes absolutely perfect and you get to see how the heist happened despite all of the like missteps, right? Or it goes completely foobard and that's what we get with this one. We get the, this is a mess, it's not working, what happens? <laughs> well, I think I want to be a little bit more specific in the heist. So they're going to Gorilla okay. City, and maybe you said this, but it was to steal all Gorilla Grodd's gold. And this is, yeah. this, and he gets this information from uh, a, a, apparently another famous gorilla character from Gorilla City named Sam, who is used a gorilla to be a detective. as well, or a gorilla detective. I'm sure there's a long backstory or appendix in some big DC book about Sam the Gorilla, but a new character for me. And um, so they're going, Gorilla City is this rich mecca, and we find, we're going to, and Josh and I will talk a little bit about this, about the workings of Gorilla City, which I found fascinating, and my favorite part of the book was the Gorilla City and Gorilla Grodd stuff. All right, so we're here. We're here. So let's talk, Josh, I want to know this first. Yeah. I don't know, and I grew up with this tangentially around me as reading comics and being into superheroes before everyone was into superheroes. I'm aware of The Flash. I'm aware of some Flash villains, but I never read The Flash. I I vaguely remember watching some of the old TV show in the 90s, and of course I watched, I think, two seasons of the new CW show. Um but uh, it's not a world that I know, and it's not a it's no, not a, it's I, not a gallery of villains that I know as well as like Batman villains or even Superman villains. Uh, s- same. I mean, what I know of you know uh, villains of you know Captain Cold and stuff like that comes from not from like comics. I didn't read Flash as a kid, right? I read Batman, um, I read Superman, and I probably had like some Justice League and some one off Flash, but I didn't really collect or read Flash. For me, most of my Flash knowledge comes from, like, uh, the Justice League cartoon, right? Mm. That was after, that came after, um, that came after, like, Batman, the animated series, right? So, after Batman, the animated series, and Superman, the animated series, they did Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. Uh, That's where I know some of these villains from, really, because it was just how, what, what are all the villains we can do? And I had... You know, I have two kids and Renner loved superheroes. So we watched a bunch of those Justice League cartoons together. Right. 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 So we watched a bunch of those. And then Batman Brave and Bold would always have like a sidekick for the episode. Like he'd have another superhero for the episode and then a giant rogues gallery. So I want that's where most of my knowledge comes from. Not not from comic books. Um, so well, I don't do you, know let me ask you this Captain question. I was thinking about this as a word. We're in a flash world out flash. But I was thinking about this. I was thinking about like, oh, you know what? Like, why don't I know as much about The Flash? And I was thinking about people that I know that read comics growing up and that we've met on this podcast. I have never come across someone who has ever said to me, Flash is my guy. Flash is my guy. Have you? Well, I think also, no, I think also when you and I were were kids, Flash changed. Like Barry Allen went away and it was Wally West for a long time, right? Mm. So when we were in comics, Flash had just... Flash was no longer Barry Allen. It was Wally West. And so Flash has never always been the same person. Yeah. Batman's always been Bruce Wayne, except for, you know, when someone takes over for a little bit of time. But like, 
all of like then there's kid flash and like all of that stuff comes in and and for me i just didn't that wasn't a superhero i glommed on yeah to, i think I, you know? I i think was it grant morrison's uh seminal run on justice league right like at the end of the 90s was it mm-hmm. yeah and i think that's I where i kind of got introduced to the flash in a comic book sense but i was thinking about it, i go i don't know anyone who who's a big flash fan that's within 10 years older than me or 10 years younger than me. Yeah. This makes me, this makes me want to go reading. This makes me want to go grab some, like find the best flash story. Right. Like I don't, I wouldn't know even, I wouldn't even know what one is unless we're talking about like a crisis, right. Ah. Where he's a major part of a crisis. Are you, but it makes, are you throwing down a comic exposure, uh future episode gauntlet right now? I am. I am. A comic book hole, if you will. I believe so. I flash. I need flash in my hole, right? Like I have a hole in in, in my soul, and flash is the only thing that can fill it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so let's let's get in this idea of like you're right. I didn't know a lot of these villains, although I would tell you I don't think it mattered much, right? No, because in it... in the heist movie style, right, you have far far too many people to focus in a whole lot on unnecessary people up... in this heist. Unnecessary they, people in this heist. What's Ron up... Tiger doing there? <laughs> They end up just taking on very, like, very limited roles, right? They serve a purpose. I think some of them serve less purpose in this than others, right? Like, it's not like someone's... Not every character's thing is a part of the heist, right? Or, like, the emotional arc of the story. Like, some character... I I get it, like, if you're not really uh, essential to the heist but you're there because like we need you for like an emotional beat in the story. But there are some characters that are neither essential to the heist or like an emotional beat in the story, except to accentuate the amount of loss and the finality of this rogue story, which I like. It is this big like ending to the rogues. And by ending, I mean, the rogues (laughs) are done (laughs) in this Uh, black label universe. Yeah. I feel very much like this, this idea of like, let's, I, is it the Suicide Squad issue? This where, feels like, very Suicide we ha- Squad, we doesn't have it? To, yeah. We have to kill. We can't have a, a villain story without killing them, killing off C-list villains, because that's what Suicide Squad did for mm. us, right? If you go back to that original Suicide Squad movie, and I think all, this is all very much like they literally die like that in that movie, right? And mm. then in the next one, they, you know, Gunn does the same joke and kills a bunch of them off again. Well, that I can we let's start with there because I think, but it's this, not funny. The I deaths think, in here aren't funny. I think of right? the black label books we've we've read that are about villains like um, Suicide Catwoman. Squad, Giggit Joker, Squad, Catwoman, yeah. and then several others. I feel like what this one does more so th- more so than those is these are more these characters don't go from villains to antiheroes. They stay villains. Yeah. Like, there's no, like, okay, it's a Black Label book, so we're going to take, these are uh, heroes or anti-heroes, you know, and we're going to move them more into the column of heroes. No. We meet them, and then, like, maybe you're more sympathetic to who they are and maybe why they became villains, but they never never cross that line going back into heroes. And I would say even anti-heroes. The one who does the most is probably... uh, Start Captain sister. Cold's sister, right. yeah, 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 yeah. But the uh, everyone else is introduces a villain, and they're all very quick to go back to villain, villain, right? And, and they're very quick, right? Like 
if they weren't villains, they're like, yo, yeah, I'm in, dude. Let's go. Let's go so do this. Right? Of all the Black Label books, I, I gave this one super kudos for like, no, we're, we're, we're reading a book about villains who are villains, perform as villains, and stay as villains. Yeah. Um, so let's, let's talk about, um, we have this cast of characters, right? Uh, you had mentioned earlier, Gorilla Grodd, you like My the favorite. time in Gorilla City. Is Gorilla Grodd your favorite or the city your favorite piece? Uh, Grodd, I think, more than the city. Uh, I mean, we get a little bit of the city, um, but we don't, you know, it's not like we get all the, we think of a city, a city has different parts to it, right? You have the commerce, yeah. and then you have the transportation, and then you have all, you know, whatever, all the numerous factors yeah. into a city. We get a few of those. But I just like, I mean, basically what they did is they, you know, Gorilla Grodd is Marvel's kingpin in his own city, right? Yeah. It's like if Kingpin yeah. was able or to take over <laughs> Hell's Kitchen and yeah. actually run it without being interrupted, it might look, yeah. it might run something like Gorilla City. Hey, he's the a interesting great mobster, right? Yeah, great and, mobster. But honestly, like one of the things they keep saying in this book, they reiterate is Gorilla City runs smoothly. And it, well, they do have a part of it. Like, oh, look how wealthy it is. And then they look at, well, what look over here? And then they show you yeah. the subsection of Gorilla City. It's a class thing. So there's still class involved in there. But yeah. I, I love the, the, the mobster aspect of Gorilla Grodd. At this point in his career, he is not a thug. He's not a, I'm going to punch you out. I'm going to go... Yeah. Ape shit on you. In fact, at the end of the book, when he does do that, he mentions, I don't get my hands dirty anymore, Snart, but I will do it for yeah. you. And then we get that moment. But he is very much that hands-off, you know, Tony Soprano right. type character. And I love it. And I I just love in comics, huge talking villainous gorillas because they're so fun. <laughs> visually to see on a panel and then we put yeah. him in a suit it's great it's yeah. it's threatening he was he was scary he's a scary character yeah he is and at the and and does all of it really well i i would agree with you i think gorilla grad is one of the best parts but i also think uh snart uh, captain cold completely irredeemable and i and, and but wonderfully irredeemable the whole thing right um he's not he doesn't have a flash of goodness in the end it doesn't it's not like in the end he's like no oh man i'm gonna save everybody right he's like if i'm gonna go out i'm going out he breaks the mirror gun that was gonna get them out and he goes it's on yeah it's on like donkey kong right and he goes after gorilla grod and it was just it was there's no part of it where you're like okay snart you 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 turned it around and i think that that's also kudos to williamson for going no it's it's about sometimes you're an irredeemable asshole yeah no i I think you're you're absolutely and you're willing to let all of your friends die and family (laughs) and family yes yeah uh no Um, i i think you're right i think i think the true if you look at this book as oh you know what like oh this book has value this book has merit this book deserves to be in the conversation. I think it is the Captain Cold, the Snart storyline. And I think that it is a suicide mission. It's him um, 
just like, hey, I'm not, and he, he has this great monologue about his dad, and he's got, like, daddy issues, and he's like, my dad never became somebody, and, like, he was blue-collar, and he worked, and he was a nobody, and he still couldn't get anything. I'm not going to be that person. Like, I'm going to I'm gonna leave my mark. I'm going to go out yeah. in a blaze of glory. And I think the ending of this book, they really had to nail to make Snart storyline kind of mm, bloom. And they do with the last lines he gets, like basically he blows up his cold gun in Garad's face. Uh, everyone else in the Rose Gallery is now dead. And Gorilla City... Well, they've City, escaped, right? Like they, like they escaped. But they're, yeah, but then they die. But then they all die, right? Like Yeah, the, the surviving members <laughs> die. And so the snow is falling over Gorilla City, right? We see yeah. the, the body of Grodd next to... Uh, Captain Cold, and then you see Captain Cold look up. He's obviously dead, mortally wounded. And he looks yeah. up the snowflakes falling. He's like, cool. That's cool. You know, so the sense of there's no redemption. There's no that. It's just like going out on your own terms. You know, yeah. I was and going I, out. I was like, I was taking out Grodd yeah. and Gorilla City in the process. Right? My raising and upbringing made me a villain. I became a villain. I tried to I tried to rehab from it. I couldn't. It's too much part of my soul. And now I'm going out as a villain. Yeah. Not as and a hero. Not as like, well, I kept the portal open and so every all the other rogues could get escape and no. like sister, I love you. Take it. He's just like, nah. Cool. Nah. We're all we're all done. Um I I thought, you know, the other characters, you needed a little bit of like I thought Trickster was fun. The sort of like what he does after he's done like being a villain. He's still a villain, right? But he's like, you know, scamming old ladies and stuff like that yeah, as yeah. Trickster. I thought that was really fun. He's got like a facelift. Uh, yeah, I there's all these pieces of it. I there's something interesting, but I I to kind of get back to your your point. Um earlier when you said this see the appendix on Catwoman lonely city right this feels very much the same note right except it's we redeem catwoman right yeah. catwoman is redeemed easier uh, character to redeem from the start though she's always been right. the anti-hero right um and i and it, to, to to that point it does have a very similar flavor the last couple books we've read black label books we've read suicide squad get joker catwoman lonely city and rogues have had a very similar villain centric storyline. Um, why do you think that that's what we're getting from black label? Why do you think that's the thing? Well, and we've gotten a mil. I think there's been like four Joker series. On, it's got four or more Joker series on black label. Well, I think we see this with comic book labels when they try to create the edgy sub label within the label at the beginning of it. I think that's mm -hmm. honestly how Vertigo probably kind of maybe started out a little bit as well. It's like, we want edgier stuff. Yeah. But what Black Label has done is like, unlike Vertigo, I think when Vertigo started off, we want edgier stuff, but like, don't, hey, stay away from our, our main characters. Yeah. So that's where you get new characters created like Sandman and, you know, Preacher yeah. and Lucifer and all these things, or very small characters uh, like Swamp, Swamp Thing, thing gets brought over like to that. Black yeah, Label. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Characters are like, man, hey, we're, not, man gets we're not playing Vertigo. with these characters and they're very low stakes so you can take yeah. them. 
But for Black Label, the interesting thing about that is it's the sub-label where it feels like, no, this is the adult comic book, but you could take any of the characters you want and put it... Well, maybe not, because we haven't seen this. Was that Superman book, Black Label, the Mark uh, Millar one? Um, no. no, no, no. Oh, the Frank Miller one? Yeah, yes. Frank Miller one. It was Black yeah, Label? Yeah, like Superman Year One or whatever it is. Yeah, 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 where yeah. yeah, he's like underwater at some points, and then, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've got it on my shelf right here. I think it's Black Yeah, and so I mean, even that is like Black Label in quotes, right? Um, so it's a sense of kind of pushing the boundaries, pushing the um, the continuity of things. So yeah. it's, it's really interesting that Black Label has this, you know, Marvel tried it with Marvel Max, but they only allowed the characters. And Marvel who, Knights, right? Mar- they only allowed the characters who are already edgy, you know, like Punisher, yeah. Wolverine, and so I think a lot of these creators who get these contracts or maybe maybe pose ideas is they're kind of stuck in that headspace of oh this is a darker sub label so let me pull the characters who already have some darkness in them okay and then yeah. and that happens to just and then, be villains and then the try DCs. to find some sympathy with them yeah and yeah. Uh, and then the fact that they're high stories or like operations you know cia stories is because that is very conducive like to, four issues, like if you're right? villains, like, like what I yeah. want to tell a high story, you can't do that with Superman. What's Superman gonna heist? I guess he can yeah. like heist something from villains. So it's the classic villain structure of we're gonna heist something. Do you can you think of any other like classic villain stories other than just the general takeover of the world that maybe that maybe these DC black label books could could do like tropes like villain tropes like when a villain is in a story they're always like. It's like poisoning something, like a reservoir. <laughs> well, I think like like how do you structure a story in arcs, right? Like a villain story in beats, and yeah. the heist gives you that beat, right? It gives you that four part story or three act play, right? Yeah. The the getting the team together, the heist, the fallout, right? Do you think? So, do you think murdering someone is too dark? Like, because that is the other villainous thing, too, is like, what's your goal as a villain? My goal is to well, kill Superman. My goal is to kill Batman. You could, but it can't work, or it could work. And you could, if it's Black Label, it's a different universe, so you could do that. I think that would be interesting. Instead of it being Suicide Squad, get Joker, it could have been, you know, uh, the rogues get the rogues kill the Flash or whatever it is, right? Yeah. Like, how, how do you plan that out? And they um, actually, the, whoa, wow, and they actually killed the Flash at the end? Like yeah. that's a ballsy move, right? That mean, but it's black label, so you can do what you want. But I, I think, I think you're right. This this label lends itself to let's tell a dark story. Villains are easy to tell a dark story with, um, and I think the four part three three issue four issue structure is set to tell that, that setting event- up the team. Yeah, you know and the heist, the fallout, right? Mm-hmm. Those three things are are the plot right there. But first, for me, second, and third acts, yeah, right. But you could do that with superheroes, but it's it's not dark, right? I it, like you could maybe do a good booster gold story where you do that three act dark super, guy like, Gardner, yeah. Pitch Josh, it. Josh, <laughs> I I think that's why I kind of want to see from Black Label is I want them to I want them to take a hero. And I like mm-hmm. to see them go dark, because uh, I think that's, I guess when I'm reading a comic book, like a traditional comic book, 
even like yeah. maybe like an old like golden era comic book even if the the villains are really cheesy and like oh no flash i'll get you again in my head i'm like no that's the dialogue but in their head they're like they were plotting that out they were making like homemade bombs they were like <laughs> where do i stab him the most to get him so i yeah. fill in that dark stuff i guess i that's how i approach villains so it's, yeah. it's it's cool to see creators show that to you but what i would like to see is i would like to see more of the lighter side the good side of it go darker on a black label okay yeah i can see and that. not so batman let's... because batman already has that darkness in him right right so I, let's let's talk uh let's talk mm, I, I, um, wait before we do that yeah i think i'm also smelling maybe another uh, uh comic exposure idea is pitch a, a pitch black book? label book with a, a dark superhero story Oh man, we're just since, coming up with them. Since I'm complaining about this, I feel like we need to yes, be like, yeah. what's your what's your black label with a heroes hero central story? Okay, I think okay. we got it. I think that's that's on the hey, we pulled back the curtain, folks. That, that'll be coming up. <laughs> um, so let's talk really quick. Um, the the heist itself goes terribly wrong, right? Like nothing goes right with this thing. And at every point. Everybody with Snart's like, oh crap, right? But every step of the way, Snart has really like given them no other choice. They start off and Snart freezes a bunch of uh, security guards and like kills them. Mm -hmm. And so they're all like, well, like he's like, you're in now. What are you going to do? That was, that was truly terrifying moment. Yeah. Like he's like, hey, we're committed. You're in this thing. What you can't go back to teaching yoga. Like you got like you're with me. We just killed a bunch. First of, of all, they all have very generous parole judges, <laughs> considering the history of what they've done. <laughs> there are people well, who have been in jail for ten years on marijuana charges still. <laughs> and the Brown Tiger is one of the most uh, deadly assassins in the world. He's out like teaching football teaching on the side. Yeah, yeah, yeah whatever he's side. doing. Uh, so, but yeah. I I think that that's a um I I think the idea of every step along the way it goes wrong but they keep going it's that tale of like they're villains so there's they're, they don't really want to go back to the life they had before they're very much like in it and every step of the way it's snart who ratchets it up ratchets it up a little bit right like Every time he goes, all right, I killed these guys. There we go. Okay, uh, I didn't know that Gorilla City looked like this. Too bad. We're going to keep going. Okay, like, and every step of the way, he's doing more and more and more to kind of ratchet it up. And I really appreciate, like, the stakes keep getting higher and higher for the characters as this goes on. I agree with you. And uh, to add to that is one of the things that Snart does is he... He's very manipulative about how he uses that terms that term rogues. Like he yeah. uses it as a rallying cry. When things get too hot, he goes, Because we're rogues, because this is what we do. And then yeah. it will be used in a lot of uh tongue in cheek, like, uh, I'm going rogue, or we gotta go rogue, or it's like because we're the yeah. rogues. So he's very being very manipulative to this crew who who seems to only be half-heartedly in this heist. Uh, and using that sense of like, no, this is who we are. And who are we? And they're like, we're rogues. That's damn right. <laughs> you're right. We're rogues. That's right. And so he's, with what you said, he, he, the character seems to see all that you have said and, and is using that in the story in a way. 
Yeah. To be like, this is who you are. You can do everything you want to do, but at your heart, you are old school rogues. There are lots of brutal uh, monkey deaths throughout this episode, whether they're being lit on fire or frozen and smashed or like getting the crap kicked out of them by bronze tiger. Like (laughs) just lots of like apes, gorillas being just destroyed throughout the whole thing. And like, just even the villains all die in very interesting ways, right? Like uh, Leonard Snart's sister has her ice skates on and she slashes Slashes. the trickster's neck. Uh, The one girl who I had no idea who she was, who could levitate things. She like basically blows her mind up, hoisting gold telekinetically. Yeah. Um, um you've got good deaths. Trickster well, Trickster dies. Trickster. Yeah. Oh, she gets, gets, gets the slash. She gets slashed, yeah. Um, it's all very like it was way more brutal than I thought it would be. Me too. But cartoonishly brutal, right? Because uh Leo Max is a, a like a cartoon, he's a cartoonist, a comic book cartoonist, right? Great segue, um, Josh. And so <laughs> let's let let's talk art. Leo Max was the artist on one of our Basket, much loved yeah. books, Basketful of Heads. Um, this is not as pretty as Basketful of Heads. I think he this feels a little more rushed. And I wonder if it's just the nature of Black Label or whatever it is. Like, it's four issues. They're really long. We want to get them out. On the fourth issue, did, was there a sub-in artist for him? Uh, I think it's it's either the fourth, one of the issues, there's a yeah. sub-artist. Yeah. So, um, I think it's issue four. But, no, yeah, book four. Book yeah, four. Yeah. It looked a there's different, different pencils. Okay. So I wonder if like he finished it, if Leo Max did the finishing work on it, but someone else did the pencils for it. Because um, I was like, this guy's really good at, no pun intended, aping Leo Max style, but it's like, oh, it was probably, maybe it was just adding touches to it. It was different yeah. enough that when you when you know it, you look back, you see the differences, but not when you're yeah. reading it continuously to to throw you off. Right, right. So I look, Leo Max, I Fantastic. he could draw, I could give him any book and I'd be like, yep, he could do a great Superman, he'd do a great Batman, like any of them, I think it would be a fun read, right? But I think it works particularly well. Flash feels like the most cartoony of superheroes, right? Mm-hmm. Flash and maybe green arrow a little bit right they feel like the most cartooniest of the bunch yeah, yeah. of like the of of them and so i think and then his rogues gallery is all also goofy right like so captain and cold they all and they, they all feel kind of like knockoffs of batman like captain cold like we i started off this podcast yeah. with the mr freeze reference yeah and you're like yeah. wait two cold villains in one universe yeah, man, you got to. You got to. Mugatu. Mugatu. Uh, so, I, but I thought Leo Max's art was great. It was fantastic. The coloring is f- superb. Like mood setting colors, the entire the entire series. Um, you know, Matthias Lopes and Jason Wordy do some really great mood setting. It's that kind of color where. I love it. The color whole, is, whole, is fantastic in this. Whole, whole panels will just be one color, but then he does a really good job of like, there's a scene where there's a, a police car and a van and the lights are the uh, the swath of color that you see through all of that, right? Um, then the ice when it's cold and you get great colors there. And then the one supervillain with the levitation powers, like all of the purplish pink that that fill up those panels really set the whole thing up. And it is just, 
even if you're like, even if you didn't love the story on this, and I thought the story was good, I really enjoyed it. It's just a pretty book, man. Yeah, it is. It's oh, a I gorgeous. Think that, I think the book. story is great right here. I, it's just the problem is I just feel like it's been told this point six times this year, or you know, within the last three years to this label. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a it's a good story, you yeah. know. Like it it was it is raptured. I think the end. I think it ends really well. Sometimes these black label books have a hard time finding an ending. I think this found that. Oh, I think one. this one landed. I thought the ending landed really well for it. I feel like letting like literally letting everybody die, and then you fade to white, and then it has the one little bird box. You hear the rogues died, and then it goes back to the bar, bar for like bar. one. One simple page, and then you've got a picture of all the rogues up on the wall now. Um, it just, you know, it felt very, um, it was a good pin on it, right? Like, I felt it ended, I thought it landed really well. I enjoyed the art in it, all of that. Any kind of closing thoughts on the story, Travis? Uh, no, we didn't do favorite panels uh, yeah. very quickly here. I'm going through here. Uh, I mean, I love the Gorilla Grodd stuff. I should probably pick one of those. But I'm going to go with on page 70 because I think, you know, uh, Leo Mac is great. But I want to give a shout out to the colorist on page 70 in the digital reader. There um, it's a kind of creative panel layout. It's almost like a splash page that's interrupted with two small panels at the bottom. The rogues gallery is on a boat um, and the light, the light. I just I. I just know that light. I know exactly what time of that day it is in the mm-hmm. tropics. That yeah. purple water. Everyone's on the boat. Everyone. It's like in this book, you don't have a lot of fun moments with the rogues all together. Like it's not about that. It's not about like, well, let's put them together and have them joke as villains. And But there is a sense they're all kind of having one last barbecue before the thing really, right. really happens. And, I, and the light really kind of accentuates the... Uh, the mood of that, I think it's, I think it's a really strong and a really great point about how more than anything, yeah. color affects mood more than anything. Oh, for sure. I, I think if I were going to do two, if I were going to do a panel, um, it's I, I have the physical copy, so I don't have page numbers, mm. but it's near the, <laughs> it's near the end, um, where it's one scene where you see Bronze Tiger, and it's one big panel. It's not a full page spread. But it's probably two thirds of it, one big panel, and he—it's him jumping around, punching and kicking all the gorillas, and it's all in shadow except for kind of his uh, ah, leotard, yes. right? Okay, gotcha. And and it's just—he's just punching and kicking all of them, and then you see him just beat everybody up in one panel, and it's motion and it's fluid and all the things that you want to see. Um, in an action sequence, but in one panel. Yeah, and it's nice that they, like, similar to the panel I picked too, each of those could have easily been its own splash page, but they kind yeah. of break up that page with a few extra panels. Right, right. And I, I really enjoy, I, I th- and then you needed the the end of it, where like, you know, Snart Sister's like, holy crap, you didn't kill any of them. I was like, nah, not even looking death in the face am I breaking my vow to never kill again, right? Yeah, the and color then, on that, the digital reader is so strong on that, yeah. that panel. It, it's it's a super it's a super fun panel. I really enjoyed. I like there you could every page of this book I could find a panel that I really liked. It was it was it yeah. just looked great. Um so Travis, who would you recommend a book like this to? Um you're black label fans, man. Uh, I mean at this point, at this point, I think there is that like a strong black label community. I mean, you're one of them. 
right? It's just like, yeah, no, I, I will of, read almost anything. It comes out unless it's a Joker book. I, 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 I think it becomes like, like I said, I think black label has become more of like a series than a label. And I think that this hits all those black label notes that we've come to love. Um, yeah. And the thing about a series is usually like how to sometimes even a year, two or three years into it, it starts to uh, kind of lose yeah. its luster. But because Black Label is telling very similar stories, but with different artists and different writers, you don't have that lull. You might have some not-so-great issues. We weren't big fans of Get Joker, but I think that this one is in the top 15% of Black Label books that we've read. Yeah, for sure. I I, I really enjoyed it. I, I would say, I mean, the art alone is a reason to check it out, right? Like at this point, you can get one of the issues. You could just pick up issue one on 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 your Comicsology app or something, be like that, and be like, oh, okay, no, I'm in. I want to read the rest of it. I think that's one of the nice things about Black Label is you can pick up just one of those issues, and then it's double sized, and you can decide whether you're in or not. And if you're in, you can pick up the next ones really easily, right? I, I was thinking that we might have to do something because Josh is, uh, we were doing these Black Label books. I think we might have to just, in the future, make a month where we do like, it's a Black Label December and there's reason to, <laughs> to believe like maybe it, yeah. this year is blacker than last. <laughs> um, but... I, so I really enjoyed it. I would check it out. Folks, you can find all of our episodes over on the website, comicexposure.com, your favorite podcast app. Make sure you like us, follow us, share us with your grandmother, whoever. Uh, we we would we would love to, to, to have you check out the show. Um, Travis, we've got an episode coming up where we are talking about uh, it's Star Trek. It's a weird one. See, it's a weird episode. It's going to be a weird one. We haven't, even, we haven't even recorded it yet. We're like, it's going to be a weird one. It's going to be a weird episode. <laughs> so Travis, Travis told us that, uh, told Gabby and I that he's been watching Star Trek The Next Generation and challenged us to watch the first two episodes. So it's going to be an interesting conversation. Gabby and I watched the first two episodes of uh, Star Trek The Next Generation. We're ready to talk about it. And then we'll probably talk about like what else is going on. Yeah, in yeah. It. We'll talk about some other stuff. But if you're if you're wondering, what do these guys think about this show? That's uh, came out in 1987. Yeah, yeah, you should listen to that. Episode. I don't think we I don't think we've ever said the word Star Trek on this uh, uh, podcast. Not as until, not as many like, times as I've said it now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> or right, we're gonna say next week. Yeah, well, we'll see you next trade. <laughs>